0: Can everybody see me? I thought I'd put some flashing lights on just in case you uh, felt like ignoring me today. Please don't get dizzy. Last week we did talk about superheroes, but somewhere in amongst the, uh, the superhero talk, we talked about the call to invite. And uh, to me, that was the real challenge. Is this gonna be too distracting? Should I switch this off? Sorry, I'll, I'll, save, I'll save the batteries for later. There was a call to invite and there was a call to invite not only to to events and to church and things like that but the real call was to invite people to know Jesus because we know that ultimate truth don't we and the alpha course is going to be a really good way of doing that the well good news of Christmas this afternoon is going to be a really good way of doing that but remember that's kind of like the lowest common denominator to invite them to an event when actually each one of us can invite people to know Jesus ourselves you don't need a priesthood, we are the royal priesthood that can do that for ourselves. So please don't forget that amongst all of the Captain Thanos talk and Captain Marvel talk, it was, a, it was an interesting one, but Jesus is our Lord and Savior. Jesus is more than our superhero. Jesus is waiting to come back to save the day. And it's our duty to tell as many people as possible that that's gonna come and that's happening. I'm going to talk to you a little something today. I was not so blessed this week if I'm honest with a few sleepless nights and uh, in the lead up to Christmas that's kind of the last thing you want because you want to go into the, the festive season feeling strong. I don't really know what caused them but I was blessed on one of the nights when I was woken up with the word for today and the word for today was to have an attitude of gratitude. And it almost feels a little bit cringy to be talking about this kind of stuff at Christmas because you're going to expect me to talk about the baby Jesus and the Immaculate Conception and the birth. And I am. But far greater than that is we're not worshipping, as a few of us said in the prayer time, a fairy tale. This is real. And if this is real, then our God is a living God, which means he is alive and breathing today as much as he was 2,000 years ago, as much as he was 5,000 years ago, as much as he was before he even created time itself. So in which case, I'm not going to talk about this as a history lesson of something that happened or we're going to celebrate. I'm going to talk about this as a living God, as a living story, as a living testimony for today. And guys, here's here's a Christmas message you won't always hear. Do you know, for many, many of us, this time of year sucks. Do you know why? Because this is the time when so many of us get together with our friends and our families, our sons and our daughters and our grandchildren, our brothers and our sisters, our husbands and our wives, and we celebrate how good our lives are. And sometimes we can put to one side the money problems, or the the health problems, or the housing problems, because actually our friends and family are coming together. Well... What about those that have lost their friends and family this year what about those that are entirely alone what about those who don't actually have a family and maybe never have what about those that we, we work with christians against poverty who see every advertisement that they can in in not just the television but on social media but even within their friends and their family and their neighbors of this miraculous wonderful beautiful christmas that they can't have because they can't afford it and so many of us in England are so and I say that particularly because it is very much a Western thing, it's a very British thing. A stiff upper lip is where we will turn up to places with our booming smiles and our, our polar bear Christmas jumpers. With a great big smile saying, Merry Christmas, everyone. Isn't it wonderful? But actually so many of those smiles are fake. Many of them are real. To many, it is a joyous time. I'm not trying to take the the heart and soul out of Christmas. To lots of us, we are gonna enjoy these next few days. But to some of us, it's gonna be real heartache. It's gonna be a real pain. Do you know, whichever one of those camps you're in or whichever place you are on that scale, because there's not just two extremes, there's everything in between, my challenge to you is that we have an attitude of gratitude. If you have all of those things that will make your Christmas wonderful and magical, I'm really pleased for you. And if you have none of those things that you desire this time of year, do you know I'm really pleased for you? That's not to kick you in the teeth or kick you when you're down. It's to say that you have something greater. We have to look beyond what the world tells us in the flesh that we need at this time of year. I don't need an Xbox to be happy. Do you know, you might meet somebody later, but I don't need a wife to be happy. I don't need a, ch- a child to be fulfilled. Those things would be nice. A Ferrari to drive to church in would be a real delight. But I had to get rid of mine when I came. No, no, Jack. <laughs> I leave it at home. No, no, I'm sorry, Jack. sorry. There is far more in Jesus' promise to us. And remember, this is not a Jesus of a fairy tale. this is not a Jesus of years gone by, this is a Jesus who is alive and kicking today. So how many people do we know in our lives that are suffering? Either suffering with excess, or suffering with complete lack. Because some of the most unhappy, unfulfilled people are those that are driving the Ferraris, and they have the money for the cocaine, and they have the money for the, drunk, the, the drink, they have the money for the lifestyle and the lifestyle, but they are desperately lost and they are desperately lonely. So we are gonna have a gratitude attitude. And then the, the lyrics to this song came. I'm really not gonna keep you very long today. It's a simple message. But the lyrics of this song, so I'm, I'm gonna read it as a, as a spoken word as opposed to singing it because I've got a terrible voice. <clears throat> but I found it really profane this time of year. It's not a Christmas carol. It's actually a song we sing in this church quite often. It says, light of the world. You step down into darkness, open my eyes and you let me see. Beauty that made this heart adore you, hope of a life spent with you. So here I am to worship and here I am to bow down and here I am to say that you are my God. You are altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to me. You're the king of all days and we so highly exalt you, glorious in heaven above. Humbly you came to the earth you created, all for love for me, for my sake you became poor. So here I am to worship and here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're altogether lovely and altogether worthy. You're altogether wonderful to me. I will never know how much it cost to see my sin upon that cross. It's funny, isn't it? We can't talk about Christmas without talking about Easter. And you can't talk about Easter without talking about Christmas. It's one story beginning and end. But here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you are my God. You are altogether lovely and altogether worthy and altogether wonderful to me. That song is dripping in different scriptures. I'm not going to quote them all. But these are the promises. It's a modern day version of scripture. It's, it's, it's a way that we can recite it by repetition through singing these things. It becomes real in our very hearts and our very souls. But this is the promise that we have in God that he is the light of the world. So whether you want to talk about things that we don't talk about in church, we don't talk about politics, we don't talk about war, we don't talk about famine, do we? We don't talk about rape or child abuse. We don't talk about bank robberies or car accidents or mutilations or people who lose legs and limbs because of heart defects. We don't talk about those things very often. But you know, like this is a really difficult world we live in. And there are people all over Basildon today who are waking up dreading the idea of spending Christmas alone. So at a time when we come to celebrate this amazing promise that we have in Jesus, there are so many people out there today that are suffering. And I can assure you, no matter how much I have suffered in my life, this is the promise that got me through. This is the promise that I need. Far more than all those other things that I might want, this is the promise that I need. And there are so many people out there, even in our lives, our brothers, our sisters, our husbands and wives, our children, our neighbours. They need this promise more than anyone. Are we going to have an attitude of gratitude? The most unlikely scripture came for today. If you want to turn to it, it's Matthew 20 verses 1 to 16. I think this story completely articulates what it's like not to have an attitude of gratitude. It talks about the promise that we have in Jesus and how he delivered it to us. But how a simple heart sin, a simple perspective of our own can turn something so beautiful into something so envious. We can create a shortfall, a shortcoming for ourselves because of a standard and expectation that we set. Because we only have the human perspective, we don't have the divine perspective, do we? In fact, it could be really cheesy. Sue's already taken some money out of her pocket. Well, she took some money out of Tim's pocket today, if I'm honest, I saw him take it back. And she said something about the quote on it. But have you ever seen those, those people on the internet that get a 10 pound note, don't they? They say, does anybody want this? And everyone goes, yeah, me, woo! And then they crumple it up and throw it on the floor. and say, does anyone still want it? And of course, everyone says, yes. And then they stamp on it and they make it really dirty. Do you not know this one? Oh, see, if I'd only gone for it, you could have thought I'd made it up. No, it's a very, very well-known thing on the internet. It doesn't matter how much you trample on it or throw it on the floor or call it names, it still has value. It's still worth £10. But when we look at people, we don't see that, do we? Maybe they've been spoken down to, maybe they've been trodden on, maybe they've made some poor choices in their life. But suddenly, the more they get battered, Maybe the more we get battered, maybe this is an individual thing, we see our value decreasing. And how much more precious are we than a £10 note? So what's this story? This story is about the kingdom of heaven. Jesus, this is Jesus talking, just to be really clear. So he said Jesus says, for the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius, a denarius is an amount of money, so let's say a daily wage, for the day and sent them into the vineyard. About nine in the morning he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about noon and about three in the afternoon and he did exactly the same thing. And five in the afternoon he went out and still found others standing around. He asked them, Why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, You also go into my vineyard. When evening came, the vineyard, the vineyard said to the foreman, the owner of the vineyard said to the foreman, Call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired, and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came in and each received a denarius. A full day's wage so when they came to those that were hired first they expected to receive more but each one of them also received a denarius a day's wage so when they received it they began to grumble against the landowner these who were hired last worked only one hour they said and you made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and heat of the day. But he answered one of them, I am not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. How easy it would be for us to say let me use some non church examples first so it doesn't feel like I'm condemning anybody wouldn't it be easy for us to say I have worked hard my my whole life and I have only ever made good choices I've never been immoral. I've always tithed I've always paid my taxes so why is it fair that I don't have a car this man over here who lied and cheated his whole life he has a big BMW we have this thing in our culture, don't we? Kids say it all the time, and it gets really irritating to us, even though we know in our heart of hearts we see things the same way. Is that so unfair? It's so unfair. Why did you give him the same as you gave me? I've been working all day. I did all my chores. She only did half of hers. Why does she still get her pocket money? But if you went to work, and you only did an hour's work, and the boss gave you a full day's wage, I think you'd be quite grateful. But if you went and did a full day's work for a full day's wage that you'd agreed, well, personally, I would be grateful. But I can't deny that this story would sting. If I'd worked eight hours, because that's what we do over here, right? If we worked eight hours, and I got the same as Sue who worked one, I would be a little bit, huh. Maybe, just maybe, I was expecting a bonus. How about those of us that grew up in and around the church? How about those of us whose parents were church leaders or regular church attenders, they tithe, they helped build buildings, in fact. And then suddenly, just suddenly, that smoking, swearing, drinking new believer, who's only just been baptized, comes in and has the audacity to say they wanna say in how we lead the church, heaven forbid, they should wanna get involved in children's work or preach. Or become the leader of the church. Tricked you. I was that guy? Don't deny it. I don't know your heart, but Jesus does. We get a self-righteousness, don't we? About saying, I've done it right. Call it self-righteousness, not righteousness. Because you're wrong, because you haven't. Because we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. It's just sometimes the smoking, drinking, swearing, heroin addict just does it on the outside. Your sin's on the inside. Yours is what's in your heart or in your head. Can I ask you? Do you know what? Don't give me a Christmas card. Don't give me a Christmas present. Can this be my Christmas present? Can we get over that? Can that be your gift to me, to the church, to Jesus today? That we just get over it? We stop worrying about what God's grace has done for other people and focus on how much we need his grace ourselves and when that sinner comes in we know that every angel in heaven is dancing dancing and celebrating because of one sinner who repented just like they danced when you repented there's no scale there they love them just as much as they love you just as much as they love me And they might still mess up, and their sin might still be on the outside. Good on them. At least they've been a bit more honest than some of us are. Some of us like to keep our sin all locked up inside, don't we? But can we have an attitude of gratitude, not an attitude of envy, not an attitude of judgment? You know, I I, I should really know where this is because I quote it all the time, and I've just it's just popped out of my head. It will come to me later. It says, "If you judge somebody, you will be judged." Oh, that's a t- if you are ever going to get nervous about anything that is what you need to be nervous about that is why when I talk to you and when I talk to other people on the streets and they tell me all sorts of heresy or sin or, or, or they're angry about something or they're being just particularly damn bright, rude or arrogant or, or whoever I meet I have got to stop myself judging them because they may have done something terrible But I am still not their judge because if I if I dare for one second to judge that person then all of my sin and how many times have I told you this church I'm the greatest sinner here and the only reason I can say that is because I know my sin I don't know yours so I know if I have to go in front of judgment if I have to go in front of a judge and justify what I've done I fall short so I can't judge anyone else all I can do is have an attitude of gratitude I can be grateful for what Jesus did for me. I can be grateful for what Jesus did for you too because you also fell short. You're still here. I hope I see every one of you in heaven. I'm not questioning in my salvation, your salvation, or theirs. I wouldn't dare, I wouldn't dare judge it. But an attitude is something not only that is, is on the inside, it manifests itself on the outside, doesn't it? You know, I'm hoping that later on, all of these tables and more, the ones over here too, are going to be full of people who are broken. Full of people who are sinners. Full of people who are going to have problems in their lives and need Jesus. And I am going to need you and the rest of the church, wherever they are today, to have an attitude of gratitude. Not an attitude of judgment. So if somebody walks in with a cigarette in their hand, what's our instinct going to be? That out. get out, you can't do that in here no is it? shouldn't be you can't swear, you're in church you know, I'd rather they swore in church than outside church wouldn't you? I'd rather they were swearing here than in the pub nothing wrong with the pub I guess but I'd still rather they were here your attitude will shine through your attitude will become action your attitude will become the way people perceive you Can i just remind you that you represent jesus we're the body of christ so if your attitude will represent your actions your actions represent jesus so if you're being a bigot if you're being angry if you're being a judge if you're condemning people what do you think jesus is going to do they're going to think sorry what do you think they think jesus is like They think think that Jesus is like that guy they've been avoiding their whole life because that's what they learned in school and on the internet. Is that the church is just going to judge them and condemn them. Whereas if we have an attitude of gratitude and we can meet these people and go wow, what a story. You should hear my story, man. I was even worse than you. I don't even know the details of your life but man, I was a sinner and regardless of whatever I did Jesus loved me and I am welcome here. You are welcome here. What did Jesus say about gratitude in John 12 44 to 50 says Jesus cried out didn't say Jesus said said whoever believes in me does not believe in me only but in the one who sent me the one who looks at me is seeing the one who sent me I have come into the world as light so that no one believes in me should stay in the darkness if anyone hears my words but does not keep them I do not judge them hang on hang on if jesus can't judge them neither can we remember those silly bands we used to wear when we was well when i was a teenager some of you may not have been teenagers when they were popular but what would jesus do well in this one it's what would jesus not do jesus is not judging them and he's telling us that himself i do not judge that person for i did not come to judge the world but to save the world there is a judge for one who rejects me and does not accept my words, the very words I have spoken will condemn them at the very last day. For I did not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. I know that this command leads to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. If Jesus can't judge, won't judge, neither will we. So we're gonna have an attitude of gratitude. And the first thing you can be grateful for is that today was a really short sermon and we can all get to go home and celebrate our christmas things and get ready for the well good news of christmas but i want to read something to you written by a a really profound lady i'm sure lots of you have heard this before if not the first time i heard it, it transformed my life so i'm going to read it and then i'm going to pray for us i'm going to pray a blessing i'm going to pray that we we receive this and do this not just for the next few days but for the coming year in the background, you'll hear more about this from Tim on the first. Uh, so we're not here next Sunday, by the way. We close uh, between Christmas and year, but, but the 5th of January we'll be back. And as elders and wives, we've already come together and we've already received the word from God for the vision for next year. So on the 5th of January, Tim will be sharing with us more about what God has in store for us. And it is exciting. But we are only going to be able to achieve that if we accept the invitation. And it is all about giving an invitation for people to know Jesus. In fact, some of us, I think, will be very excited as what's happening in this church in the last two years. Even the last 12 months have been incredibly exciting. But I don't want to quote our current Prime Minister, but I don't think we've seen anything yet. I don't think we've seen anything yet. I think the floodgates of heaven are just about to open as we speak to that rock and see the living water flow. We're going to see miracles and we're going to see people saved. So who's this profound woman I want to talk about? Is Mother Teresa. It's called the Anyway Poem. It says, People are often unreasonable, illogical and self-centred. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may accuse you of selfish, alterative motives. Be kind anyway. If you are successful, you will win some false friends and some true enemies. Succeed anyway. If you are honest and frank, people may cheat you. Be honest and frank anyway. What you spend years building, someone could destroy overnight. Build anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, they may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today, people will often forget tomorrow. Do good anyway. Give the world the best you have, and it may never be enough. Give the world the best you've got anyway. You see, in the final analysis, it is between you and your God. It was never between you and them anyway. Father, such profound words from such a wonderful woman after your heart. Lord, we want to love them anyway. Lord, we want to have an attitude of gratitude. I thank you for everything you've done in my life and in the life of this church, I thank you for everything you've done in the lives of the people that are stood here today. Lord, from where you revealed yourself to us for the first time, to where you filled us with your Holy Spirit, to the way you transformed and guided our lives, the way you've forgiven us, the way you've healed us, the way you've restored us, the way you've sustained us. Lord, we have an attitude of gratitude. Lord, as we, we look even into this afternoon as, as possibly the launch point into the next 12 months, we go into it with an attitude of gratitude one where we thank you one where we will speak to the rock the living waters will flow and we will give you all the glory so give us the courage and the boldness this afternoon even for those that we forgot to invite to go and invite them to know you yes we can do that with an invitation to the well, good news of christmas but let's invite them to know you lord give us the boldness and courage give us the energy to get through this afternoon. These things can be intense. Lord, speak to us clearly about the vision and direction for this church in the coming year. Lord, speak to us clearly as individuals about our gifting and our calling and how we might serve you better. Lord, if there's something in our hearts or in our minds and our spirits or even in our bodies that needs to be healed today, heal us. Because we are gonna serve you anyway. Jesus, we love you, we give you all the glory. We thank you, we're going to enjoy our time celebrating your birth this afternoon, in Jesus' name, amen.